he really did the the the, the minimum. Like he came out, what was it, a week and a half or two weeks before the election, and he just made he took a picture and, and made a tweet about it. Like he wasn't like stomping in in Florida and in Pennsylvania and, and like all the battleground states, introducing Trump and like writing a song about him and, and stuff like that. Who was that, Lil Pump or somebody that came out on stage? Yeah, or? Lil Pump. Like who I could like Lil Pump could come deliver my pizza right now. With a shirt that said Lil Pump, and I wouldn't know it was Lil Pump. What up, what up, what up, what up? It's Three Brothers No Sense. I am Tavares Ferguson, a.k.a. Ferg, joined with my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind. I want to talk about WandaVision real quick because I poo-pooed on it the first two episodes and deservedly so. I didn't know where the hell they was going. I didn't know they was going somewhere with it, so I said I was going to stick with it. The end of episode three, it picks up, and then four, that don't take off running, man. So anybody that's a Marvel fan that watched the first episode and was like, what the hell is this, and you just checked out, I get it. I fell asleep on the first two episodes a couple of times. But make yourself watch them because the payoff for episode four is worth it. It's worth it, man. Well, so, um, well, I'm about ten minutes out. I got about ten minutes left. I'm halfway through episode four. Okay, but all I will say is, oh snap! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Duh. So, Duh, that's all I can say. So that that and um, also, are either one of you brothers like? Real big into, I guess, horoscopes and your uh, birth signs and all that stuff because that's trending right now on social media. Like, what's wrong with my uh, my birth sign or whatever like that? So, uh, no, Z, no. Z's really into it. Z's into like numerology and horoscopes and all that stuff. I'm one of those people. All I know is what a Sagittarius is, and that's because I am one. And Virgo because she's one. That's about it. I know Gemini. I know I'm a Gemini. That's about it. Yeah. I know what a Gemini is. And I don't even know when Gemini is, but I just know what it's supposed to be just because you hear all bad shit about Gemini and my son's a Gemini. <laughs> so now I think I know what Gemini is. They're, they're just all so broad in general, man. And yes, people, people take them seriously, but yes. and, and I don't want to poo-poo on yes. them. But Aries <laughs> like to breathe air and drink water and they prefer love over hate and you know they they want to be happy it's like yeah that's me that's me <laughs> you know um I mean, it's, 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 it's like it's like those new medicines that the pharmaceutical companies come out with it's like do you feel tired sometimes Hungry? yeah i feel tired are mm-hmm. you ever thirsty do you thirsty. go to sleep after 10 o'clock well, this <laughs> you just described like seventy percent of the population, yeah. <laughs> and then it'd be some cough and cold medicine, just something random. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 how it is. Yeah, but that's no, all uh, I got, though. No, how do you feel about it? Are you upset with the challenge? Cause you know somebody over here. We're not gonna say any names. Listen, I, I, uh, I, I try, uh, I, challenge shamed shaming us last week. I try not to get upset. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I don't pay much attention. I just it's just something I notice. A lot of people are doing it. So let the people have fun. Yeah did 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 you did you figure out what's wrong with your sign? 
No, I haven't even attempted. No. <laughs> <laughs> you brought it up and I didn't. I didn't either, though. So. <laughs> well, I, um, I just I read other people's, and when I saw, uh, I saw some. I kind of looked, glanced over them, but I did see the Sagittarius and. Honestly, nobody really had anything bad to say about Sagittarius. And that was actually part of the running joke. And, and I was like, well, you know, outside of we work too hard and love hard, you know, that's the people say on the job interview. Like, yeah, I think sometimes I just I'm just too sometimes I'm too, too, up, too up on myself and I'm a hard worker. Those are my negative qualities. So. That that is a relevant negative quality, though. I hate when people try to poo poo on that for no, a I, job I, interview. I, it, it, it it definitely is because I, I am that guy that's a workaholic, and so. But I think it's a it's a, a default. It's the seven of the job interview. Yeah, it's the I'm a seven of the job interview. It's like it's not enough. It's understandable, but it's the best negative quality to have. Yeah, he's not like yeah. I'm gonna show up late sometimes, and I'm probably gonna leave early. That's not what gets you the job. Yeah. Hey, I work too hard. Hmm. The worst thing about Rise is he works too hard. I can deal with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and folks, for just an interview tip is find a negative quality that you can say how you turned it around and how you're working on it. That That is a huge thing for interviewing managers. So you, you'll say things like, you know, sometimes I find it hard to concentrate on a single um, document or something like that. But what I do is... You know, I close my email so that I don't get pings while I'm working on that document or something like that. So that that's a way for you to kind of bring it back around to you fixed it. You're working on it uh, and things like that. So that's just an interview tip from uh, HR. Anyway, uh, I want to talk about game stop and not even about games and video games that I love about uh, this good old uh, pump and dump that uh our folks had so for anybody who don't know gamestop went from i think it was like two dollars at one point all the way up to over five hundred dollars a share uh within like a three-day period (laughs) and uh so the it was crazy wall street went crazy the trading apps like stopped letting you uh buy the stock because all of everything that happened but um i think I had a couple people ask me about it, and so I wanted to try to explain it in kind of the simplest terms possible. If you guys will give me a second to do that. So basically, it all started when GameStop sucks as a company. So GameStop used to be the the best company out there when it came to video games. That's where you went and bought your stuff and everything. So it was doing really good on the stock market. Then all of a sudden, everybody went digital. GameStop started losing money. They went bankrupt a couple of times um, trying to restructure and stock fell to like $2 a share. But for some reason, retail investors and speculators like it. But there's this company called a hedge fund. Hedge funds are kind of like they they make counter bets so that they can protect investors money. And so they did this thing called a short where they basically borrowed shares from an investment firm, sold them at say $20 a share. And then they think that the market's going to go down or the stock price is going to go down. And then they buy it when the price goes down and then they, you know, give it back to the uh, brokerage firm and then they, they take the spread. So if I shorted it at 20, I think it's going to go down. It goes down to 15. Uh, I buy it at 15. I made $5 in it. That's how a short works. Hedge funds went and they shorted GameStop. 
So there's this Reddit thread called Wall Street Bets. Wall Street Bets is just like a whole bunch of like retail novice investors. And some of them might be actually savvy investors that are just like picking stocks and playing casino with the stock market. Right. And they were just like, we don't like this hedge fund. They calling us out. They saying that a game stock sucks. And so what we're going to do is make them go bankrupt. And they all decided to just go buy uh, GameStop for no apparent reason. So it went from $2 to $10 to $15, start going up. And the hedge funds lost billions of dollars, like with a B. And uh, some of them had to go bankrupt. So <laughs> all because, you know, it, it, the higher up it goes, at some point they got to buy that stock back. And so um, they ended up buying the stock back. They went bankrupt. But Wall Street didn't like that because it's market manipulation, which is technically illegal. Like if you try to force a stock to uh, price to move outside of kind of normal market factors, that's called market manipulation. And so it's illegal. So the market, the, the wall street and the trading uh, platforms did what they're supposed to do. Actually, everybody's trying to come at them and say that they, they're wrong for not stopping trading and stuff. They did what they were supposed to do and stop people from trading it because it was manipulation. There was no market reason for the price to be moving like that. So it started tumbling back down. Um, so that was kind of the last few days in a nutshell. The problem is that a lot of novice investors and folks that really didn't understand what was going on were buying GameStop at like $450 because they like, oh, it's moving up. It's on the way up. I need to jump in on this and, and get on this bandwagon. And they were jumping in at like 450 and all of a sudden, you know, you get, it gets to 500 and then it drops. And I think right now it's sitting at like $100 a share. So they bought it for 50 and they lost all their money uh, down to that $100 a share. So that's really why the market or the, the Wall Street and the, the pl trading platforms were like, no, we're not going to do this. And so now they have this whole long list of uh, stocks that they're saying we're not going to let people trade on because that Wall Street bets has this list of, of stocks that they want to try to do the same thing through AMC um lazarus sundial there's a few of them blackberry, and, um, blackberry um all of those and so I, I, that's I why there's this fight of the the regulators the stock market wall street trying to normalize and regulate the the market to make sure that it is somewhat stable and these folks are just like no wild west i want to do what i want to do and and so there's this argument and i'm not going to take a side on it because i can see both sides but just know that the market and wall street is doing what it's designed to do so which is keep you're the rich probably going to lose you're probably going to lose and if you want to change it you're probably going to have to go through like congress and get some regulations changed so that you can change it and be able to do what you want to do GameStop yeah. shot back up to uh, 322 because 322 is shared right now because Robinhood, which is one of the main uh, trading apps, caught a lot of flack and uh, they reversed course because they had stopped the buying of some of those stocks you mentioned, but they opened it back up again. And so it shot back up to 322 right now. But I got unknowingly caught up in it because I remember I shared with you guys in the group. I said, hey, I just read up on BlackBerry. I think I'm going to get a few shares of this. That order wound up getting canceled. Uh, but I had bought in at like, I think it was 14 a share. And then like the pre-market next day was jumped up to 20 something. I didn't realize it was caught up in all of this at the time. So I'm like a little victim of it too, man. Cause I, I, but I, 
I thought, you know, I had found something because of the Motley Fool of reading up on them. And that was one of the stocks they suggested that Black Bear is doing some new things. So good stuff, man. And it also had Alex, uh, AOC, Ted Cruz and Don Trump Jr. all agreeing on something for a change with everything that's going on. And it might be a good Blackberry might be a good long term play. You got to read, read more into it. I did buy into Sundial. I was looking into that for a while. Uh, and then I heard some, saw somebody else mention it and it was low. So I bought a couple of shares of that, you know, long term yeah, play. I mean, I mean yeah, I, I've got Sundial. I had GameStop, but I had it. I've had it for like months and months. Like I had a yeah. long time ago yeah, because so. I, I felt like they were going when when PlayStation and Xbox announced that they were going to continue to use discs is when I bought GameStop because I felt like they, they had at least two more years out of them, two to three more years before everything went all digital. So that's when I bought it. And so I ain't gonna lie, I made a little money off of this run up, but uh, you know. I made some, I should have <laughs> sold because my portfolio, I probably lost, I lost some money this week. I lost some money this week and I haven't made any moves. It was just, you know, like Tesla dropped. Like, I don't know what's going on with the market as a whole. Uh, I think people, people are pulling out and... There's I'm I'm thinking things are turned back around next week. There's a lot of volatility in the market. Uh, there's some uncertainty, I'm, I'm assuming. And so uh, hopefully in the next few few days, few weeks, but not really too worried because once again, I'm in for the long haul. Yeah, it's 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 earning season. Uh, that's what a lot of what happened is just earnings, this volatility with them stopping trading things. Market just kind of poo pooed this week. But, um, you know, it dropped, I think, over seven, eight hundred points today. Um, I think it was the worst day in trading since October or something like that. So, oh yeah, I, know, love, uh, I lost a lot money. of folks lost money this weekend. So yeah. that, that's I wanted to explain that. And um, I don't know if y'all heard about Ti and Tiny. This is breaking news for us. Uh, but uh, you know they 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 out there swinging, and uh, now people coming back hitting them with the whole what is it? Uh, Bill Cosby that you know they drug people and made them have sex with them. Oh, that's I didn't. I, I saw something about it. I didn't really look look at it, you know, because it's, we'll get more information as as we as wild. it comes out. Yeah, it's wild, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a wild little, yeah. You know. I mean, but really, uh, the, my thing is, this is a little different than the Bill Cosby one to me, because it, from the sounds of it, everybody was kind of willing participants. I mean, it sounds good until you wake up until you wake up next to a who, because Tiny definitely was like a who from Whoville to me. So, uh, but I'm just, I, yeah. you, you can edit that out. Wow, he's he's gonna keep it in, bro. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> That's all I got, man. So, so am, I, am I the only one that thinks she looks like a who? <sighs> I'm not touching. I'm, I'm, I'm not touching any I'm not, of it. I'm not judging her. I'm, I'm yeah. not judging. She said she looks like a who? She, she she's a little whoish. I, I, I'll give you that. <laughs> Bob, come on. You gotta admit she's a little whoish. She has some who like qualities, bro. I, I I can't confirm or deny. I don't. I don't know. You know what? All right. I really don't have much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and kick into it because I've been commenting on your stuff. Uh, I'm gonna close it out later with something that I wanted to talk about, but uh, Rizzy, uh is my goddaughter, goddaughter there for our joke? Yeah, man, you know it. All Go right, grab listen, her. grab her, <laughs> Sophie. Yeah, I like your glasses. <laughs> hey, Sophie. Hello. Hello. 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> Have a good joke. I believe you, baby. Give it to me. Okay. Why? Why didn't four ask out five? Because four didn't. <laughs> Why did four ask out five? I I know I, I know seven, eight, nine, but I don't know about four and five. <laughs> I got nothing, so because he was two squares. <laughs> two squares. <laughs> 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 she didn't say two squares. She said two squares. Two squares. <laughs> I got it, baby. That was a good one. I would have never got that one. I would have never got that one. Nah, no I would have never got that no one. Way I've gotten that one. Two no squares. All right. Come on. Bye-bye. 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 <laughs> My glasses are crooked! <laughs> Man, she off the chain. All righty. Um, so we can kick it off. Uh, let, me, let me get my question together. And hold on. Just for buff. Mm. What's up? Let me show you something. You see, you see that? Here we go. No, I, I, I know. I'm aware of how tiny looks. You can't tell me that's not who like qualities, bro. It's all in here. She's yeah. even who complected. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I don't know what just happened, bro. She's who complected, bro. That's. I'm just saying. That's Cliff Harris's queen, man. Well, obviously not. <laughs> well, it is. They just like you to know have what? A I'm, bunch I'm of, just dumb. A bunch know, of subjects. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the details, right. though, man, was was damning. Like dragging women across the floor. And uh, okay. by, by the way, if Rosie leaves this in, folks, I didn't know we were recording. We we're just supposed to be shooting. It. <laughs> That's on him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So my question, actually, I think Rizzy, what Rizzy was talking about earlier and um, taking a page from one of our other podcasts that we quite frequent, uh, the Bruz Bookshelf, when they were talking about the black tax. Um, in, in their last episode, they were, were just talking about the, they were talking about finances and, and things like that. And the fact that Rizzy had to take time and explain to a lot of us uh, myself included, about what was going on with GameStop and everything. I don't think we're, a lot of us are aware or as a, as aware or knowledgeable as we should be on finances. All right. Can we, can we, can we agree to that? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Financial literacy is, you know, huge. Now I will tell you that financial literacy can't get you out of poverty. Yeah, so, I, uh, I, I think I think a lot of richer or middle class people feel like, oh, if you had financial literacy, you wouldn't be poor. I'm like, well, if we raise the minimum wage, they wouldn't be poor either. But uh, let's, you know, <laughs> we can go either way on this. Yeah, yeah I agree. So my thing is, my question is going to kind of be it's going to be about around finances. And um, but I'm going to bring religion into it. Hmm. What part has the black church played 
in our financial situation, our financial literacy, and what role do you think they should play in our financial literacy or financial planning? It's one of those questions where you have to make sure in your answer that you're not just uh, painting the entire community of black churches as one. But for me, I'll say the role it has played for, I think, a lot of people, not everybody, there's always exceptions, of course, but for a lot of people, it's definitely made people content, content with what they had and that, you know, the Lord is always going to bless you with with whatever you need and uh, just pray about it, that type of mentality right there. Uh, so it's made people content. I think the role it can play is to um, like there's all type of different ministries in the black church. And one of those ministries can be financial lit- literacy. Like Rosie said, it's, it doesn't prevent poverty or anything like that, but it can help. It helps to know certain things, to take advantage of certain uh, programs and, and different things that are out there that can help boost your I guess, financial status in life. So that's one of the things they can do. And um, I don't know, the, the church, I mean, uh, I can't think of too this. many other reasons the black what, church can what, really what? play a role in it, man. I'll, let me let me see what Rosie got, and maybe I'll come back with something. But those okay, are I'll like let the him two finish things that I first asked that. I'm going to have a follow-up question yeah, and, and, that I'll probably and, ask I both of you. I think we, like Byron said, we can't paint a broad brush if we think about the traditional black church like what we grew up in it's very different than a lot of churches today uh churches church has evolved uh over time um you know even even back in civil rights movement right like the church was the cornerstone of the civil rights movement uh and, and the church did a lot with helping people navigate financial woes you know, uh, there's always been that that benevolence fund where you can go and, and if you needed something, you could go get it. Uh, so th- I feel like the church back then was a stopgap or um, a like last ditch effort to make sure that, you know, if I'm about to lose my house, I can go to the church and and, and maybe I can get it. Yeah, they're going to question the heck out of me and they probably going to judge me after. But worst case scenario, I can get my bills paid this month. So I think that was there. Were they teaching true financial literacy then? No. Uh, And could it have helped? I do think it could have helped. But a lot of times you didn't. It would have been the blind leading the blind. It wasn't like you had a lot of financially literate or financially fit people sitting in the church that would would be able to help. And, and, and society, even especially back then, was very classist. Uh, so not just racist, but classist. So the folks who did know about finances weren't trying to teach the people who didn't. It, it just wasn't that that wasn't what they really were, were trying to do. Fast forward into today, I think churches do a pretty good job of offering financial literacy. I know I've 
done a lot of financial literacy type of uh, service work at churches. That was kind of one of my primary uh, focuses was going in in the churches and and doing financial literacy, uh, you know, explaining credit and and how to use credit mortgages and things. I did a lot of that when I was in the branches, um, mainly because we had to uh, check our community reinvestment act uh, box. And so you'd go in and, and do that and then you report it back so that we can, you know, continue to grow as a bank. So it's part of what banks have to do anyway. Uh, And I think churches kind of piggyback on that to be able to do it. So I I think churches do a little bit, but I I really don't feel like it's the church's place to teach that. that It's we, we try to lean on churches to do everything and be everything to everybody. And ultimately the church is there for your spiritual guidance and anything they do beyond that to help the community and stuff is great. But I, I, I think the, the crux of it is to get your soul to heaven. That one point bank period, that's what they're there to do. Because I feel like what happens is we, we start to give the church too much power if we start leaning on the church to do all these other things. Um, I, I feel like we as a people need to kind of be there together and help each other out uh, outside of the church. Uh, for all that other stuff. So this is kind of my take on it. Uh, yeah. Okay. I understand that. So let me ask you, what do you think the ch- church is teaching? I think Byron kind of hit on it. Riza, you talked about the, what their expectation is, but they're teaching something. I feel like whether we want to or not, I feel like they have a message around finances. Oh yeah. That uh, your tithes come first, um, give your 10% and then you can do whatever you're going to do with the rest. That's what they teach. Byron, what do you think they teach? <laughs> they teach a little more than that, don't they? <laughs> Rise or no? Mm-mm, not when it comes to money. <laughs> nope. Yeah, they definitely want that tithe and offering. Um, no, they teach. You, you mean specifically to money or just overall? What do they teach? I think what the, when it comes to finances, or what is their image? Their necessarily teachers. I think there could be a. So I know I know some unspoken some, unspoken some some uh, churches and you know a lot of times you'll have sermons that 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 warn you against I guess you could say an easy way to break it down is they warn you against living above your means you don't want to become a slave to you know debt, debt. and stuff mm-hmm. like that and I think that's the main message that they give and it's it's listen it's a very important one and it ties into financial literary and, and, and different things to help avo- uh, avoid, you know, being in a tough situation to where you can't keep up and you do wind up, you know, falling behind and stuff. So I think that's the, the main thing they do teach besides tithing your 10%. <laughs> yeah, for one, because nobody even knows where they get the 10% from. Like it's, uh, there's no biblical text that said I haven't. I've come across that says ten percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for one, and that's just like everybody knows that's that magic number, ten percent. Um, I don't remember and, Jesus and, saying, "Ye of little faith, give your ten percent first. You know, like it was, it was no. And correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> it's not necessarily money, right? It can be your time as well, right? <sighs> People just always defer to oh, money. That, but that's I, that's debatable. Depends depends on where you go. Some people said you they they want your money. 
Yeah. Like we need your money. We want your time and stuff too, but we want your money. I'm not getting, I'm not going to go that far into it, but it's funny how they are very oh, direct. For the, 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 the Hebrew word tithe literally means 10th. That's, that's, that's how they got 10%. Okay. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. That finally somebody gives me that answer. I've been asking that for years. Let me guess you Googled it. <laughs> yeah. Google knows Thank all. you. Our resident genius. But I think they teach us about tithing. I think they're very adamant about tithing. But I think the unspoken message that we get, it's not necessarily about necessarily finances. Uh, Byron, you kind of hit it on like you'll provide it for, God's going to provide. And I think they teach you how to live your life and prepare for the by and by. Like, don't worry about all that stuff. Don't worry about money. Don't worry about it. Because once you make it to glory, the streets will be paved with gold. It's like, don't worry about finance. Don't worry about leaving a legacy. Don't worry about planning for, for today and planning for the future because you'll be taken care of. Like, there, to me, I don't think they should give us, you know, necessarily stock classes or, you know, anything like that. But I think there should be more of a, a generational planning message. They don't even have to give us the answers. Message. Like, what are you doing, Mr. Brother Macarella, to make sure your kids are going to be okay? Your kids' kids are going to be okay. We can have financial literacy classes. To me, and I mentioned this before, and I mentioned it several, and I'll be, I'll, I'll keep preaching this message to the, the cows come home. I think they should, we should, they should invest in black insurance companies and get black insurance reps to come in to make sure that their members all have life insurance plans, at least burial insurance plan and talk about those things and say, making sure that, you know, you can prepare for the future. You need to make sure if something happens to big mama tomorrow, that her, her, her burial's covered. And if she can afford to leave something for um, the grandkids or you and the family, like what happens at the beginning every year we had life insurance reps come in and make sure that, uh, Brother Mancarello renews his plan. Hey, when you get that, when you get that, um, that uh, refund check to the beginning of the year, let's pay off our life insurance up front. It saves you money. Let's make sure that everybody in the church has life insurance. You need some place to go. We have, we have Brother Byron Evans over here that, that makes sure everybody has a plan and he's going to work with you. I, I will tell you that growing up, like it, at Mount Sinai Baptist Church, they 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 did that. Um, they they had that guy that was like you know you, you but the the issue comes in you still have to uh, again you, you can't financial literacy yourself out of poverty. Folks didn't have that extra hundred dollars, and so they're weighing: do I pay my bills or do I pay that hundred dollars for that life insurance policy? So that, you know that's that's where. <laughs> You know, I, I think the black church a lot of times they they can offer it and they can talk about it, but you still can't force folks to do any of this stuff. But if they want to, they truly want to help their community. I'm going to tell you to tithe before I tell you to make sure you take care of your home. I can tell you to give me money. There's tithe. There's offering. There's a building fund. There's pastor's anniversary. There's all these things. I will literally ask you for money for monthly, weekly, actually. But I can't say. Hey, we're going to take 10% of Brother Mancarella's tide and make sure we have him a, a life insurance plan. And the church builds into that. There's ways around it. We're giving excuses. I feel like there's ways around, there's ways we can do it. It doesn't have to be a big, 
plan. It's burial insurance. Everybody in our church has a $10,000 minimum life insurance plan that helps with burial. Point blank. And hell, if the church is smart and I think they can do it, they can take out additional policies, especially on some of these elderly people. And make the, <laughs> I'm just being I'm just saying. So what happens is when <laughs> Sister Bessie goes to the uh, to the upper room, we just made fifty thousand dollars off of Sister Bessie. So all that tithing she's done and that that 10 percent that she gave and she would have gave more. This is how she gave more. And guess what we can do? We can some of that can go to the building fund, but some of it's going to go back to making sure that when Sister Bessie's uh, family can't pay their tithe or can't pay their portion of the the life insurance plan, we have a fund for that. I, I think there's if tr- strategically, if we want to make it better, I'm not saying they have to teach everybody to go invest all this money, but it's like let's do the basics. Let's let's if there, and if there's a chance to build, because I think it's a messaging. We don't we don't we we tell you why to tithe. We tell you we we preach that we give you all these. I've seen pastors like we got one more. I so I know somebody else want to give fifty dollars. Come on. Come on. I see you out there. The Lord is telling me you out there like they will sit there and hold church up to reach their goal. So they, they, they're not scared to ask for money or make you feel like you owe money. But when it comes to money that could potentially benefit you. I know it's still a business and they're non for profit and they still have to be able to function. But I feel like. They are they'll ask for money. The messaging we get sometimes is misconstrued because. I've heard so many, especially the older generation, money's the root of all evil. And so a lot of times they teach you like. Having a lot of money or being wealthy, like is a bad thing, not saying all churches, but I've heard that. I'm pretty sure you guys have heard that as well. But then at the same time, they're telling you, don't really worry about all that rising because what God's going to provide. And when you make it to the by and by, it's all going to work. The streets align with gold and like all this stuff. And they're telling you, hey, money's bad here. But when you get to heaven, there's, there's going to be gold, everything, all gold, all in my watch. You know, I don't know, man. I, I just get frustrated when I think about it. And that's kind of the conversation that was having on that. Uh, the Bruz bookshelf was having at one point about it. And they were trying to get to that, like, hey. The church, you know, they, they kind of teach us like we don't have to worry about money. They don't teach us about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that they, they have to be financial planners, but it's not is not that hard to get certain programs in place. It's not that hard to at least preach a messaging about building a legacy. Hey. I know you're preparing for the upper room, but what happens when you leave, Brother Mancarella? You need to make sure that your kids and your grandkids are taken care of. So it's your duty as a head of the household to do these things. It's your duty to make sure you're providing. And if you preach that message enough, we'll get it. Even if they're not teaching us about finances, like it's it's part of your mentality is, hey, I'm supposed to. The church taught me I'm supposed to do more and provide a legacy or build a legacy for my family. I've I've. There's only been one church I've been to that I've heard messaging where they talk about building a legacy for your family. One church. And uh, that was in Houston. They have a, a pretty progressive pastor who's a little, you know, a young brother. He's probably like call it seven, eight years older than us. Uh, he's not young anymore because, bam, we're not young. We're middle aged. Yeah. But, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. When I first started going, he was, you know, you know, he was young. So but, you know. But but what was the size of that church? That church was huge. Exactly. Remember how we talked about white church and black church? Like. 
or or not, but like mega churches versus small no. churches. But small that- churches don't teach that way because a lot of their congregation don't have that extra money to do any of that stuff. And, and, and so that's what a lot of times why when you start making a lot of money or making more money, you move to one of those larger churches because they're teaching more to your financial uh, bracket. I, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's, it's, it's almost like not, not saying we shouldn't do it. Not, I, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, that that is generally what ends up happening is that those larger churches have larger tithing people, folks, they, they get more. And so what ends up happening is they can talk a little bit more about things like that. And, and it hits home with their congregation. Think about if we went in and that pastor was talking through legacy and all that. And these folks like, I can't pay my bills. Like they want to go into church and, and uh, I'm sorry, you want to feel a little bit better when you leave church. So if I can't pay my bills and I go to church and my pastor saying it'll all be good in the by and by, don't worry about money right now and everything. I can feel a little bit better when I walk out. So guess what? I'll come back. So because again, it's a business. I'm trying to get these doors back in. If And if my customer satisfaction is not up because I'm talking legacies and stuff and these folks can't pay their bills. I'm not going to actually get to, but you know, it, grow my that, base. Does that help us or hurt us? Especially if you can't pay your bills, but guess what uh, I'm going to do? Uh, guess what I'm going to do before the end of that service? I'm going to ask for my outside offering. But what I'm telling you is that, and that's why I say, I don't know if it's the church's responsibility to do it. We, we can say we want them to do it and, and it, it is a good venue to do it, but I, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, they, it's a finite amount of time that they they trying to fit all this stuff in. And they worry about my if finances. You, if you're if you're giving if your choice is between tithing and paying a bill, then you shouldn't be tithing. And the church is supposed to be expressing that, like you're supposed to be a cheerful a cheerful giver, not like when you give. It shouldn't be any hesitation or grudge about it, or or worry or concern. So if you're not in a position. Churches are some do probably not enough and probably not as forceful as they should, but they should be putting off that message of, hey, we do want you to tie. We do want you to offer, but make sure you're in the financial uh, place where you're able to do it freely. Yeah. And and it's hard, though. Right. It's hard towing that line when people, as soon as they get extra money, they just expand their spending. Yeah. So you never get to the point where I can tithe because I got a three percent raise at uh, <laughs> well, work. Woo! Well, let's well, go get this uh, new well, car. Well, that's why they ask for your W two. Some churches do. <laughs> <laughs> that's my point. Like they're not scared to ask for their money. Yeah, they're not scared to yeah. ask for their money because they got to worry some, about home first. They got to worry about. I can't worry about the church first. Exactly. Exactly. But congratulations <laughs> on your raise. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I see the tie check didn't go up. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, brother, brother Minkerell, stand up for everybody. This is a blessed man right here. God saw this man. What he like, and then once again, they're gonna expect that money. So they want to take care of their house. But they're not pushing that by any means. They're going to do what's best for them. But that $100 life insurance plan might be what's best for you. Are they encouraging that the same way they encourage you to tithe? My thing Mm -hmm. is the message. And even if it's not that, it could be the messaging. Hey, I know it's tough, but to make sure it's not tough for the next generation, here are things we can do. 
Like they yeah. they don't even have to ask for money. Like do they do they preach the messaging of preparing a legacy or building a legacy for the next generation? And I very rarely have heard that in the church. Yeah. And to our insurance salesmen out there, um, I would I would get a group life package together for churches and go start presenting to some boards. Hey, how uh, per per head inside of your church, I can do, you know, like you said, fifty dollars a year per person uh, for a, 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 a you know, ten thousand dollar policy, fifty dollars a year. So, boom, you got 100 people in your church, you know, that's five thousand dollars. That's that's all I'm asking for. Five thousand dollars for a whole year for your church and everybody in your uh, church will have insurance. And you just sold, you know, a huge policy and help the community. And then you're just building it. Then the church, hell, the church can double that church. Five, I'm gonna match that five thousand. Have that same ten thousand on everybody in the church, or maybe every. No, no, I'm, I'm saying not even individual. I'm saying to the church, and the church pays it. Use those, like you said, use those tithes that okay, people off, and the church pays it. So now every time a new member comes in, it's kind of automatically covered in there. Like, like I don't know if you have insurance at your job. My job, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you come in, you automatically got, like, we, we do two times your salary or whatever. So two times your salary is already covered in the insurance policy. You know that you're getting that uh, from it. So do you see where I'm coming from more now? Like, there's ways, or, there's ways, if they are really- Oh, there's invest- definitely ways around it. I'm not saying, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. I'm looking at it from the realist point of view of their priorities are not there. But if if one person in that church dies a year and they get a portion of that, because, you know, they can, you know, you can, you can, you can, they can make sure they, they get part of it, you know, they can make their money back or more, more. So my thing, I'm not saying it's it's necessarily the church has to make a financial obligation or it's the message that the church, I feel like doesn't have a positive message when it comes to finances or building a legacy for our families in the black community. And I'm done. All right. So is it, it's on me? Yep. I, I want to talk about Joe Biden in his first, what, two weeks, three weeks we've been in right now. He has been going hard with the pen, all of his executive actions and, and his administration. And I'm just I'm just happy that we've gotten back to a boring administration. Like there's no scandals and like every day it's a new tweet with something crazy going on. Like it's it's a normally functioning government again. Um, but with that, you know, Janet Yellen was confirmed, I think, as uh, the Treasury Secretary. And so one of the first things that she talked about doing was uh, going ahead and restarting putting Harriet Tubman on the twenty dollar bill. So uh, the Tubmans are coming out finally. And with that, I've seen a whole bunch of posts with folks that saying, you know, why, why is she doing that? And they ain't talking about reparations. I mean, literally he's been in two weeks and they already like he, he passed reparations yet. So (laughs) I wanted you guys take on, uh, is having going ahead and pushing forward with Tubman on the $20 bill progress for black America to just have that image there. Uh, but then is it enough? And, um, you know, uh, should we be pushing for more faster? It's not progress, but I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, it's it's great to have such a, a significant figure in our history on our currency. Uh, but I don't I don't know if I can look at it as 
progress. It's not going to help someone get a home in a white neighborhood. It's not going to help someone trying to get hired, you know, among five white males. Uh, It's not going to help with the sentencing that these judges hand down. But I like it. And man, it, it just that question I asked a few weeks ago, like sometimes I can see how someone on the outside is always saying, man, like, what will make black people happy? Because like you said, he's really been in there this Wednesday coming up will make two weeks he's been in office. And to say he hasn't addressed reparations yet, like, dude, like, damn, (laughs) Like, (laughs) like the Trump scent hasn't even left the white house yet, man. Like give it time. Like even, I even saw where he, uh, stopped the private, private of, um, prisons federally mm-hmm. and people criticizing that like that's not enough that's not enough that's only a small portion like okay but he is still a step towards something like he's a like to me you know even his speech at the inauguration i i would have to look and see but i think he's the first president that i've ever heard like call out white supremacy like not he is yeah, yeah. like yeah, not talk is. around yep. it like call it out word for word what it was so listen we all know joe biden's past we know his history we know about the whole you know the, the three strikes law and the the uh calling obama smart and clean and all that good stuff like that we know that but what we had two weeks prior and 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 the the previous four years compared to like you said rather these last two weeks where the presidency is boring that right there that's what's progress that is major process progress like my phone is not blown up like twitter twitter is like a much calmer place now without you know who on there like it's such a better place man so i can't say that harriet tubman is progress I do like it. And if you want to say, well, you know, it's good for our kids to see someone on there. I mean, okay, that's fine. I mean, there's a lot of other places you can take kids to see prominent black people, but that's great. And plus, I mean, how many people are actually even using cash these days anyway? So no, it's not progress, but yes, I do love it. And no, I'm not as critical as some are right now. I'm going to give them time. Like there's still time. I do want him to be held accountable, but there's time. So let's see what he does. Um, thanks, I guess. I mean, <laughs> I appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. You know, like, um, and I'm not saying that to be sarcastic. It's, it's, it's cool. I appreciate it. I don't think anybody who is amongst the movers and shakers of the black community think that's their their olive leaf or olive branch to reparations. Well, we gave them Harriet Tubman. Like we just, they gave us a $20 bill. Cool. Like it is what it is. Like it's, it's not, it's not, it's not news. It's like, Oh, appreciate that. That's cool. Like, you know, it's, it's nothing big, not enough to have a, a, Oh, that's all we're going to get. It's cool. Like they, they put some breadcrumbs on the Mac and cheese. It was just, it's not going to make it break the dishes. It's cool. Um, we want to see where it's going to go. Give him time. He is doing stuff. Buff uh, mentioned what he's doing with uh, prison reform. I mean, being in uh, the healthcare world, the fact that he's he's opened up the the government uh, health insurance uh, 
The exchange? The exchange again. Obamacare exchange? For the next three months or two months. I think April 1st is the last day. It's huge. It's huge. When I saw that, I was sitting there going through my, I was going through my phone and going through my, I'm like, who was I talking about that need? Because I know somebody needs it. And from mm-hmm. personal experience, thank God for the exchange. My stepdad, and I mentioned this last week, had a stroke two weeks ago. And luckily, we were able to get him uh, health insurance on the exchange in November before uh, open enrollment closed. If this would have been this time last month, we'd have been screwed. That's why Obamacare, that's why free health care is important for people who can't afford it. Or discounted health care for people who can't afford it. So that's going to probably save somebody's life. That's probably going to save the livelihood of some family where they don't have, if they take advantage of it, there's not going to be hundreds of thousands of dollars in uh, health care bills. That's huge. To me, that's way bigger than a $20 bill. So thank you, President Obama, for that, for that alone. Give him time. I'm pretty sure we'll find things to criticize him about. We, we criticize everybody. That's, our, that's what our generation does. You know, good job so far, Uncle Joe. I can't say I'll say the same thing uh, next month or six months from now. And let's be, I'm not going to say criticize. We will, we will express our, our uh, discontent. We will have high expectations. We're not going to take things sitting down because that's what we're supposed to do. Right. And I think the world we live in is like you you can't you you can't be unhappy with somebody's performance and still like them. I think we've gotten to that point where you either like him or you don't. Like even I go back to LeBron, like people hate LeBron. And if he does anything wrong, they're going to eat it up. And he's a bum like dude is one of the most. He might not be the goat to some, but he's one of the most talented people ever touched a basketball and in, in, ever. And so, you know, if we will criticize LeBron, we're going to criticize Joe Biden. They're just waiting their time. So good luck, Joe. Keep doing it. Speaking of LeBron, they're hoping he runs for the Senate in Ohio. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. That's going to, uh, yeah, that's, that's, I, 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 I can see it though. Yeah, I personally think he's more powerful not being in the Senate, but hey, I worked there. I'd be for it. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think a little bit of that power is going to wane as he gets out of the the game though, um, and so I, I think once he retires, it does make sense for him to to kind of use that celebrity to move into something where he can start making real change um, on a larger, grander scale than you know just his money with locally with you know his schools and stuff like that. It, it, it's. I think it's not a horrible play for him to move into politics, truthfully. Uh, just like we were talking about it, needing people that think like us, look like us, that will support us in those uh, uh, places of power and positions of power. I think it's 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 a good thing. Um, so for me, I I do think it's progress. Not a lot. I I I think it's a baby step. I think it is a step with putting Tubman on there because again, representation matters. We talk about it in anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and having her there is a statement that we belong. It is our America too. Um, and so I, I think it adds a little bit of gravity to it 
that, that putting her on there than just a thank you or just a okay you did it uh it is a big deal i mean for what 200 and some odd years we've had some white guy old white guys on there now to have not only a female but a black female on there is a huge shift uh and so i think it's a big deal um a baby step towards all of that progress that you're talking about uh everything it's it's you know a journey of a thousand steps starts with the the first step right or a thousand miles i think it is journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step it's that's that's what we're we're that's what this is it's just one more step of us with equal representation equal opportunity equal um you know uh, ability to be able to do things Uh, go ahead first my thing was i'm not knocking that but he didn't implement it like he didn't get the ball rolling. He just kind of like Trump nixed it. I'm gonna get it back going. So if he, I mean, would, if, 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 it, if he, and I'm not, I'm not knocking. I'm saying I, I agree with the the beauty of the gesture, like having Harriet Tubman. I want to make sure that, and I'm not discrediting what you. I want to make sure people understand. That's what I, I'm not discrediting the twenty dollar because I was, you know, I was kind of the harshest on it. It was more so like, yeah, we we agreed on this. We thought it was a great thing. We were excited when it first happened. Trump, Trump the shit. And Joe Biden's like, that was stupid. Let's put it back into action, um, which I appreciate. And the fact that he did it so quick, I, now that I think about it, it was one of the first things he wanted to do. Uh, speaks volumes as well. But I definitely appreciate the gesture. No, I, I appreciate it the first time. I guess I didn't see it as big of a deal, kind of like getting things back to even like how he he's getting Obamacare back together. It's like we... We were there. We had this idiot in the house come rip everything up. And now we're getting back. He didn't decorate the first time. I want to see what he's going to do on his own. And I'm going to critique that more than him re-implementing stuff that uh, was set up in the past. Yeah, I I can see that. He's the he's the responsible adult coming, cleaning up after the house party. Like, (laughs) you know, putting all the pizza boxes, cussing while he's doing it. But he he, uh, (laughs) so but that's all I had, man. What you got for us, man? All right, I'll try to bring this home real quick, man. So there was a uh, a post in a group that I'm in. I think you guys are in it, too. I know Ferg is in it. Uh, but I wanted to just real quick talk about it. Um, I'm going to read this to you guys and then ask the question. The, the post said, this fool has basically told us to kiss his ass. He can't relate to things that happen to us as if our buying his music isn't the reason he's rich. He's a Trump supporter and probably bought a pardon. I wouldn't listen to his music if they were playing it in the streets. Stop supporting black people who don't want to be black when it counts. And I'm not arguing with anyone supporting him either. He's talking about Lil Wayne. So as we know, we talked about Lil Wayne and how he came out with his support for Trump. And then not long after he was uh, charged with, what was it? Weapons, guns, something. He got charged with something. But Trump pardoned him uh, before he left office, so he's a free man. So in listening to that, what I just read, knowing how you feel about Trump, had you been in the same situation, would it have been worth it to you to do what Wayne did and in exchange not have to worry about facing jail time? Was it worth it? I mean, they called Takashi Six Nine a snitch and everything, and that uh, you know. And then you remember when Ti did his little uh, PSA after he got <laughs> he got locked up, and everybody like went <laughs> went in on him. Yeah. I, I feel like it's the same thing. I, I feel like 
Wayne did what he needed to do to get his pardon because he probably knew that that those charges were coming mm-hmm. and he was going to need that pardon. So it, it's I, I, I see what old, old buddy's talking about with, you know, stop, stop supporting them if they don't want to be black when when it hits the fan. But like we talked about earlier with Wayne, ain't nobody like, <laughs> listening to Wayne when it comes to politics. Like. <laughs> Yeah, that and that and that's I think why we had such a hard time with Kanye because Kanye actually had a following like we he had our respect yeah. on the political level. He literally got up in front of it, the world and said George Bush don't care about black people. Like he called uh, it out and and for to see that shift and that switch was what like really confused everybody uh there. And so um I I don't know man. I it, it's I'm I'm probably gonna keep listening to Wayne, but it, it's not like I like super listening to Wayne now. Anyway, uh, you know, if, if it comes up on my timeline or or my feed, I'll I'll listen. Uh, but at, at this point, I, I I have to say I probably have semi forgiven Kanye. I, I didn't cancel him. I won't skip his songs anymore. For a couple of years, I would literally skip his songs when they came on. I was like, nope, he ain't getting my money uh, from this stream, and uh, so I'd skip it. So you know, I, I think I'm probably on on the same level with both of them at this point. I can't blame or fault Wayne for how he thinks or feels he is who he is. Would I have done the same thing in that situation? Who knows? I think I want to think I have a, a better, a better moral compass. And I, when I draw my line in the sand of what I will do, but that that's, that's neither here or there. I think as the inventors of cancel culture, that is all talk. We we're the first people that say we need to cancel this person, cancel that person. And then we come back and we invite them back to the picnic. We forgive and forget, especially if they got some dope music. If Wayne drop a dope CD next week, this will be forgotten. If Kanye would have dropped this, made this statement at the height of his career, right after college dropout, that would have been forgotten. You know what I'm saying? Um, or late registration, any of that. Like it, it 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 happens to be that these people aren't making the same quality of music and they're not as prevalent as they were. I think if we're going to if we're gonna cancel somebody, if we're gonna say we're gonna stop supporting somebody, we need to mean it because there's there's um can't stop Wayne from doing what he's gonna do. And I can't tell the next man to stop or support somebody or don't support somebody. But at the same time, if there's a conscious effort, there's no there's no real downfall to getting out of the graces of black people, because there's a good chance that we're going to forgive you. It's a good chance we're going to move on. Who are we mad at? Who out of all the people we canceled, who are we still mad at? Chrisette Michelle still mad at her. But she was she was never that dude like that. Yeah, she wasn't relevant like that. But yeah, yeah. I'm still mad at her. If if Beyonce would have did it, they would have forgave her. She would have had. She would have came out with a new album, they, and they, they would have made it. They would have made an excuse for her and not even been mad. They wouldn't even yeah. canceled her. Yeah, that's the thing. So it, it it's maybe kind of still Bill, and everybody still. We never. We never. We, we never. R. Got, Kelly. They're still mad at R. Kelly. They still bumping his music. 
Like it, it's it's hell. We never we never conclude. <laughs> Buff came off mute. <laughs> he was about to say something. People think, never. Cool. I don't think enough people, people are mad at R. Kelly to be honest. That's what I'm about to say. Yeah. I don't think I don't think we ever got the vote. The the tally was never in. We just assume we they we we should do a roll call vote because the yays were just loud. The nays just were quiet. You know. Um. I don't think we completely cancel people. Mm-hmm. And there's no downfall to it. So. Hell, Wayne was strategic and smart. Selfish, but strategic and smart. But if you're gonna do, if you're gonna screw over anybody, why not us? Because <laughs> we're gonna forgive you. And, and it may have been a little bit of he knew he wasn't gonna move the needle. Too, it, it might have been a really strategic move. Like, yeah, I'll come out and say I support you. <laughs> I know ain't nobody gonna listen to me. So why not? Yeah. I, so listen, Wayne has already been to jail. And I'm sure he that's that's probably somewhere he doesn't want to go again. I know I never want to go to jail. So, like, we can't say, oh, man, with all his money, good lawyers, he could have fought it and not went. No, he's already fought charges before and went to jail for it. So I can see him not wanting to take that risk. If you look at it, he really did. And I I, I need to come out and say I am. I, I like Lil Wayne's music. So. If you disagree with what I'm about to say, then you can just chalk it up. And, oh, he's just a fan, of, a fan of Lil Wayne. But he really did the, the 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 minimum. Like he came out, what was it, a week and a half or two weeks before the election? And he just made, he took a picture and, and made a tweet about it. Like he wasn't like stomping in, in Florida and, and Pennsylvania and, and like all the battleground states introducing Trump and like writing a song about him and, and stuff like that. Who was that, Lil Pump or somebody that came out on stage? Yeah, or? Lil Pump. Like who yeah. I could, like Lil Pump could come deliver my pizza right now with a shirt that said Lil Pump and I wouldn't know it was Lil Pump. But did, so. didn't, didn't Trump get his name wrong or something? So, like, yeah, he did, he did, he did. So he, he you know, I, I get why he did what he did, but here's my thing. I don't, I, I'm not mad at anybody who's mad at him for that because Lord knows Trump is one of the worst human beings we've ever had. But, and I disagree with what Wayne did, but I get it. But can we start really picking and choosing better reasons to so-called cancel people? So like you brought up R. Kelly, like there were a lot of people in that, te- in that, that post thread, they ain't cancel R. Kelly for what he did. They ain't cancel. They bent over backwards to defend Bill Cosby for what he did. Hell, if you want to get mad at Wayne for something, Shit, years ago, he spoke out about Black Lives Matter and how that doesn't matter to him. Or even before that, he has in a lyric, how do you say was never said, beautiful black woman, I bet that look better red. That's more offensive, I would think, to a lot of women than what he did with Trump. So there are a lot of things like who's canceling Dr. Dre for the way he's beat his women in the past. I got on Beats headphones right now. So... I was on a nice little roll, no, too. I was on a that, nice that, roll. That Basquiat uh, sweatshirt is what's the flex. <laughs> like, we, we, like when you see it. That's a Basquiat sweatshirt. Okay. it's Okay. All right. So, so I, I'm going to wrap this up because they have thrown me off <laughs> of my sofa because they're idiots. <laughs> but uh, but no, nah, man, we just got to, you know, that's cool. You want to cancel Lil Wayne like that. I mean, I probably... I'm not going to pay to go to a concert of his anymore. Anything. I'm not going to put money in his pocket, but I'm still going to listen to his music. 
I need music when I go to the gym and a lot of his songs are the ones that I bump and I'm not going to stop doing that. But if that's what you choose to do, fine. But let's going forward, let's pick better reasons to cancel people. We're not going to cancel them. <laughs> you think if he drops something hot, people are going to forget all about it? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they've already forgot that they were supposed to cancel Wayne. Yeah. Like, it, but, let's be honest. You got to think all the people and places we've canceled. Yeah. It, it was a lot of Chick-fil-A. Rouse's. Is Rouse still Chick-fil-A on Chick-fil-A got that spicy grilled chicken. That joint is hitting. Oh, man. It's hitting. <laughs> is, is it good? Yes, sir. <laughs> and that was the deluxe, too, right? <laughs> we've, canceled, we've canceled Walmart, right? Target. What haven't we canceled? Gucci, Burberry. I still see a lot of Gucci flexing on, on, on the book. <laughs> so... Maybe maybe the boycotts have like a time limit, and then it expires, and it's all good again. I don't know. Then what's the point? I Dove, mean, we, we then we canceled Dove. Didn't even know yeah, about but that. That was, one. that was that was just a, that was dumb and like no context around the commercial anyway. Pepsi. <laughs> when so, we canceled Pepsi, remember they made the uh, the commercial when they created it because it's nasty. Yeah, well, what it, they, they made a commercial <laughs> pretty much making it seem like Pepsi was the answer to police violence. Like they had a chick hand the policeman a, a Pepsi, and like they didn't beat her ass. Uh, <laughs> it was with one of the Kardashians, matter of fact. It was a Kardashian yeah, chick too. Yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. So mm. that's all I got, man. I wanted to do something short because I know we running up running up against time. So yeah, that's. I mean, let's go ahead and close it on out, fellas. What do you have? So real quick, uh, we're talking about canceling people. So Chad Wheeler, I guess he was like an offensive lineman for the Seattle Seahawks. He's like a second stringer. Not anybody prominent, but he beat the brakes off his fiance, girlfriend, wife, or whatever she is. I just want to say how I appreciate people, you know, bringing that to the attention of mainstream media and really putting it out there and defending this sister. Like, that's how I want us to always be. I have my reasons for why it was like that this time versus other times, which to me makes it less about the victim and more about a whole black and white thing. But for now, I'm just going to be naive and not care about that part and just appreciate that we have come to her defense and rightfully call this dude out. Hopefully he won't play in the NFL again or will be severely punished, whatever the case may be. It was just kind of cool to see everybody rally around something that the three of us are pretty. We, we speak out against domestic violence quite a bit for for three men, especially. So it was kind of cool to see that other thing. One last thing. HBO Max is premiering a Denzel Washington movie called The Little Things. I can't vouch for it, but I love Denzel Washington. So I'm going to check it out. I hope it's good. So that's something for you to watch if you're looking for something to watch. So for me, man, the only thing I want to say is thank you guys. Um, you know, we, we, we say it almost every episode, but I wanted to specifically call it out this time. Thank you guys for all the support, the the shares, the likes, the listens, uh, all that. And um want to call out, I got on my Three Brothers uh, No Sense long sleeve tee right now. So check out threebrothersnosense.com. Go get your merch. Get the word out. Um, again, great deals, great prices on there. Let us know if there's anything else you want to see on there. Uh, and uh, keep supporting us, man. That's all I got. I'm going to keep it really quick. By the time this episode drops, it will be the first day of February, the beginning of Black History Month. I know we try not to just focus on us 
during February, but um, let's take some time this month, this year and reflect. Um, so to you brothers, to our guests, happy Black History Month. Um, we're going to keep it interesting. We're going to keep it in, in, informative. Uh, appreciate you. Three Brothers No Sense. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment, and most importantly, listen again. Talk to you next week.